right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 221. This is the forever promised Horizon Forbidden West spoiler cast. As you guys are well aware, our spoiler casts, our special bonus episodes are still just going to fall right in line with the numbering system for our podcast. So this will be free to everybody. You don't have to be a patron to enjoy it, but we will occasionally put out extra episodes a week just so you guys can enjoy it. You can skip it. You cannot. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. If you haven't played the game yet, skip this shit and come back later. We will be releasing episode 222 also this week, which will be our regular show. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But I said this is going to be the spoiler cast, so that's not the case. But before we get on with this, you guys have to go subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash awesome. Go visit us on Twitter at awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at echoless underscore 81. Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write us at awesome at gmail.com. Don't forget to share this show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast, so you can actually watch us talk about this stuff on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to that. And if you are a new or a long-time listener, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 a month level, which is literally next to no money. It's called the One and Only $1 Club. You don't get anything for it like over and over and over but you can do it at patreon.com slash ps is awesome become a one dollar patron but you do get a free die cut vinyl sticker mailed to you like like old school like you'll have it like to hold and look at and put it somewhere um to your show uh to your house and then we'll give you a shout out on our show for your patronage and you know i mean a dollar for a sticker sign up for a month and then just cancel get a free sticker out of it you know you could do that we're not gonna be pissed off. We'll be a little confused, but you can do it. Anyway, today's episode, like I said, is going to be released same week as episode 222, but this is the Horizon Forbidden West spoiler cast. Real quick, Jake, before we get into this, is there anything you need to talk about before we start talking about the, the game? Um, mm, 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 no, I started working out this week. Cause I am, I haven't been working out since I, I have I quit playing hockey like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I have a hockey tournament in uh, at the end of the month, and I started working out so I wouldn't be a total fucking slug. Yeah, when I got to that tournament, and my entire body hurts. Like I don't, I don't know how you, if you you probably don't do, or I don't know, maybe you do do any sort of like full body training. Um, but it's just like muscle aches when it's like your whole body. It's just, it's the most uncomfortable thing. Yeah. In my opinion, it's just, you feel constantly uncomfortable mm. and I fucking hate it. And I don't want to like, I like, I'm a big fan of, you know, Ben gay and stuff, but I don't want to put it on like certain areas because like the last thing I want to do is get that shit on like my nipples or like under my <laughs> armpit or something like that. And then it just really suck. That'd be titillating. So, other than that, um, I got my hair cut today. Yeah. And my I have a mole on the back of my neck, yeah. which is sometimes uh, a little bit difficult to cut around. And I was talking with my the girl who cuts my hair while she was doing it, and she just fucking yoinked it with the clippers. And so my neck has just been bleeding profusely for the last two mm, hours. Did she give you your hair cut? But other than free? that, 
What's that? Did she offer to give you the haircut for free after that? No, no, I didn't even ask for it. I was like, it, it, it's that is not the first time it's happened, and it's not the last time it'll yeah, happen. Yeah. I almost guarantee. Well, I'm sorry it, to so. hear about that, but I was gonna say, uh, speaking to feeling hurting all over, like I don't have to work out, and I feel that way. Like I just feel nasty all the time, and it's probably because I don't work out. I think I'm just getting older though. I turned 41 this month, this month, which is scary. So, anyways, um, yeah, there was a period of time where I was running a ton. And I just felt tons of energy and felt great. Uh, but then I kind of stepped it up and was doing like these uh, these workout kind of uh, not just cardio, you know, doing doing your crunches, doing your all that stuff, doing the planking. And I was doing that for a while when I was in my best shape in the last couple of years. And uh, I didn't love it, um, but I know kind of what you're talking about. I mean, I never I didn't lift because I have a really bad shoulder, so I can't I can't really lift weights. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing like crazy strength training or anything. I'm literally mm-hmm. just doing, uh, interval running where like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, my road is just, is just straight. I live in the middle of nowhere and there, there are just the whole road is just, um, uh, power lines, like power poles mm-hmm. and they're all spaced evenly. So basically I do like interval training where I just like sprint, then jog, then sprint, then jog, then sprint, then jog. It's not easy. And then um, on top of that, I just like in terms of like the rest of my body, I just do like, you know, low weight kind of full body exercises like, uh, you know, with like low weight dumbbells, shoulder press, mm. push ups that like, you know, the, you know, like, uh, like all those like different types of core exercises, sure. like planking and stuff like that. And, you know, it's nothing, nothing like I'm not doing, I hate fucking weight training. So like, if it was that, I just wouldn't do it, Yeah. but I don't mind doing all this stuff that I can just kind of do at home. Kind of like the cardio stuff, right? Like there's just stuff yeah. that like, you know, you're also building muscles in your legs and you're just, just, uh, building up your endurance and your energy and all that stuff. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. So anyway, we can talk about the game though. We don't have to talk about yeah. Fucking well, don't you want to know what I've been doing? I'm just kidding. I thought you, I thought you answered what you've been doing. <laughs> no, I haven't been doing anything, man. That's just it. Oh. I haven't been doing anything really at all. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Horizon a little bit. So this game came out. I don't even have the date, but it came out a while back, 2022, uh, February 18th. I'm pretty sure that's the date it came. Yeah, out. yeah, that sounds right. So and this was the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. And the developer, God, who the fuck developed? Uh, Gorilla. Gorilla did this, yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. Like, it's, uh, we didn't plan it in the podcast, but yeah, Gorilla made the game and uh, it's good. Um, we're going to get into it, but it, that's a little backstory. It was uh, PlayStation, first party IP. Uh, they're excited about it. Everyone was excited about it. It came out. The game took for fucking ever to beat. And, uh, if you listen to our show, you know that we don't like to do these long talks. We did talk about the the game quite a bit on a lot of our shows, introductions as as we were playing through it. But we still promised this spoiler cast, so it's kind of a one stop shop for our opinions about this game. And I'm glad that we're doing it. Um, but uh, let's get into it, Jake. Overall impressions? Are you good with starting there? It's fine. Okay, because yeah. I know you had a you had a template. If you want, you, I'm in the file that I made. So if you want to go ahead and make edits to it in real time, I'll be able to see them. Um, overall impressions. My initial impression was, holy shit, this game was really long. 
and I wasn't quite ready for it wasn't a slog, but it was long. And it's not that long. It's about the same. It's only a, a little bit longer than the first game. It's not really that much. It's hardly any longer. Yeah, it felt it's not like the last of us part two, where it was like twice as long as the first. No, game. it's about equivalent to what you'd expect, but it felt way longer. Like when you get into the game and the map opens up, you're like, oh, my God. And you see you see all of the icons and the things that you can do and the side quests. And it's just like I wasn't super into it at first but i was really impressed and then i was then i got really into it and then uh it's one of those games that i learned very fast that you can't just sit down and be like oh yeah i got a half hour and play horizon like it just didn't work for me that way it's like i in order to enjoy the game i needed to set aside like an hour hour and a half to really enjoy the play that i had or else i just felt like i was skipping through stuff really fast to get to the next thing and i didn't want to play the game that way so overall, I I really liked it. Uh, I was really impressed. I think it's a big step up from the first game. I think they've improved in a lot of areas. We'll get to it, but I, you know, that was that was where I'm at on it, Jake. I, I I thought the fidelity was good. You know, we'll we'll get into the the graphics and all this stuff down the road. But my overall impression was I was very happy to have purchased it. I got ripped off because I bought it for full price, and there was they were doing this thing where you could buy it on the PS4 for 10 bucks less and they get a free ps5 download and i bought the ps5 version for 70 i don't regret it you know no regards so it's it was good i enjoyed my 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 time with the game i'm probably not going to platinum it I, I dumped probably 60 hours into this thing um but uh what about you jake overall impression um well, I'm annoyed because I want to go through the characters, or at least the main characters in the game. And I was looking at a list. Like, I just Googled, like, a list of Horizon Forbidden West characters. And it's, like, this huge list. And it omits, like, one of the main characters of the fucking game, which is, like, who's making this page? I might need to pull this something like that up. Is, I, I'm going to – I'm making a list in the document. So Does it show their um, pictures? No. All right. So you might have to you might have to Google that, but uh, yeah, yeah. So overall impression, um, Jake, of Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed the the beauty of the game. I think that it just the the graphics and the 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 sort of like colorful way that they it's like a colorful reality like it's not it's not the color scheme and everything is not is way more vibrant than than real life Mm. you know if you want if you want uh a game whose like color palette and graphics look like real life go play the last of us part two this game has like the models and the resolution and all of that stuff of a realistic game, but the color palette is so much more vibrant and, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I maybe cause it was still kind of crappy weather or whatever, but it just, it made me feel nice mm. whenever I was just like, you know, walking through and it was just beautiful environments, beautiful sun rays and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so yeah, I as far as the graphics, that's awesome. But the overall impressions are that I just I really liked it. Um, I'm not sure. I platinumed Horizon 
Zero Dawn. I don't know. I may at some point go back and platinum Forbidden West, but uh, it's just one of those things where, like you said, I just got to the point where you know I'm 60 hours into this game, 50 hours into this game, and I'm just ready to move on. Because at that point, I've been playing the game for like two fucking months. So I need to play something else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but overall, I thought that the story was fucking awesome. I think they did a really good job of just like throwing you a curveball with the story. Uh, you know, the, the characters, I thought the main care, all the main characters were really good. I thought that a lot of the quests and everything, were really good. Some of the new dinosaur like were really cool. Like my some of my favorites were like the the shell snapper, the big turtle one. Yeah. Um and like the big elephant one was fucking cool. Yeah, the woolly mammoth but, one. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh and I thought that the environments were neat. I thought that it was cool how they somehow were able to stick with the trope of diving into ancient technology and learning about what happened in the past. Like you do that the whole first game, but in the first game, you're like discovering it for the first time. Whereas in the second game, you have to dive back into the past to solve a completely different problem because the problem that you're solving is people from the past. So it's a, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. And I, and I just, I like the, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the best story of any video game I've ever played, but it did a really good job of, you know, leading you down one path and then having you follow another. And then I, I think that the way that they portrayed Aloy in this game was really interesting. And I think that it was really subtle and intelligent, even though um, I can understand why some people may not have liked it, especially at the first half of the game. Um, but yeah, generally I really enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So very similar opinions. I uh, didn't really touch on my opinion of the story. We'll get to that towards later on. We're going to, we got a section for that, but Let's hop right into the gameplay of Horizon Forbidden West and the things that we like, things that we didn't like. Um, I think some of the things that the, – at least one of the things that you mentioned you liked, um, I'm not sure that I did per se. They did a good job at it, but the uh, the climbing really bothered me in this game and – I don't know yeah. why I was so annoyed by it. I like the idea of how they implement it in Horizon Forbidden West. So you can use your – help me. What's the thing called? Your focus. The focus. Thank you. And you can outline parts of the mountains and the areas that you can climb and it will highlight them yellow. And then you can go and you just kind of – it's kind of like a, a mix of like Assassin's Creed and Uncharted – and they did a good job of melding the two together, but at the same time, it just didn't feel fluid to me. Like, I, it got to the point where, like, I would just hit the X button to jump, 
and then I would still just X, 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 X because you'd have like a little fluidity and then there would be enough break where you'd have to press the X to, to jump up. So like it would just get to this point where like it was annoying. I think they did a good job. Don't get me wrong. I don't know how they could have improved it without straight up copying Uncharted or straight up copying Assassin's Creed where you can just climb everything, right? I they They did what they had to do to serve the way the game was made, but it was annoying to me um, by the end of the game where I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, you know, spoiler, but this is a spoiler. when you get the thing that you could fly around, it was like fucking rad. I was like, awesome. Yeah. Um, but so the climbing didn't really like land perfectly with me. I did like the glidey thing. The problem with the climbing though, is just that it's, it's like they were almost there with it yeah like they right. developed some new technology that made it so that you can fucking climb anything pretty much but then like they did this dumb thing with it where like certain cliff faces that look like they should be totally climbable you can't climb whereas other cliff faces that look like you shouldn't be able to climb them you can fucking climb them for some reason it's like they they artificially blocked off areas because they didn't want you climbing every single surface right. like it was, it was a way uh, to control the map but then the other thing too, like you're talking about, is that the one of the problems is that once you start climbing, they fucking anchor you to the wall. They don't let you move around the way that you want to. Yeah, maybe that. And was, so, yeah. so like you can't just jump like you can in Uncharted or do this, that, or whatever. You have to like climb, and the only time that you can jump is if there's an obvious jump to destination. Otherwise, it won't let you jump up or down or anything you lose a lot of mobility yeah it it really gets frustrating whenever you're climbing stuff especially if you're climbing like a big cliff face or something where the grapples are all over the place and and you know sometimes i just want to like i'm halfway up a fucking mountain sometimes i want to just jump the fuck off of it yeah and maybe glide down to the bottom or something like that or like jump over to another area or something but the game was really clumsy about how it lets you grab on and let go and all that kind of stuff and i think that's really part of the reason why it felt so that 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 mechanic felt so clumsy but i think if they tighten that up it wouldn't surprise me if those anchor points where you can climb were like uh were like dynamically generated mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but I have a hard time believing that some fucking map editor drew went every in there single and thing. drew every single little X on those fucking mountains. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the fact if that's if it's true and they did dynamically generate it, I mean, that's kind of a cool piece of technology that could be improved in the future. And yeah. if they can fix the the actual like climbing mechanic portion of it, I think it would be really neat. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head. You you, you said what I was feeling. That I didn't, I didn't put into words as well as you did. That was exactly my issue with it. So thanks for. I get that they. I mean, I get that they don't want to do like the Breath of the Wild or like the Immortals Phoenix Rising thing, where like it doesn't fucking matter what it is. You can climb up it. It could be a vertical wall, and you can climb up it. And it's just your stamina your that determines how far you can climb. I can get why they might not want to do that because it takes away from some realism or whatever, mm. but. At the same time, it's a, it's a fucking game, and especially when I'm forty plus hours into the game, like I don't want to still be struggling with climbing up to get this little trinket that I'm just trying to collect for my playthrough. Yeah. So, because I don't know about you, but but for but for me, my tolerance with 
inconsistencies in game mechanics diminishes greatly the longer I've played the game. Yeah. So, like, for the first, you know, respectable amount of time, so for Horizon, we'll say, like, the first 30 hours, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I I can deal with this. I'm still doing the main missions. I'm still doing this, that, or whatever. But, you know, after I've been playing the game for, like, 45 fucking hours and I'm already thinking about moving on to something else, these little issues really start to bug me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about as far as gameplay was the... Uh, first, let's talk about the combat. Um, I thought the combat was was good. It felt good. Now, keep in mind, when I played this game, I did play it on fidelity mode or uh, graphics mode. Yeah. And uh, and then I switched to performance mode um, towards the end. And the gameplay, the combat was so much better, so much better. In performance mode, obviously, with the frame rate jacked. But it still felt good regardless. I loved the... The the bow is just so nice, I think. in, in, in The gameplay was kind of frenetic at times. I forgot how hard this fucking game was. Like, the first one was really hard. I forgot how hard this thing was going to be. But at the beginning, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. and then when you get kind of like into a groove and you start realizing how to chain the different the different effects of the arrows and build up like you know all the frost and then hit them with something else and massive damage just ensues so like just relearning those little tips and tricks but then it opened a whole new thing with specials and the melee combat was really flushed out but like I personally didn't take the time to master any of it. Like, I knew it was there. Once in a while, I'd do a weird melee thing where I'd jump off of somebody and throw it in a slow-mo and shoot somebody else, but I was never doing it on purpose. Um, The melee thing seemed kind of confusing to me uh, with all the different ways. You you know, because essentially you have two buttons. You have, like, a square, square, and I forget what the other button is for melee. And the melee, I thought the melee buttons were R1 and R2. Okay, maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played the fucking game. The, anyways, the buttons that you're using, right? There's, there's only like two. So then it just became like uh, R1 was, was R1 the power attack? R2 was the power attack. Yeah. yeah so R, you'd be like R1, R1, and then uh, R1, R2 would be like a, a melee combo. Which is like typical, but then you have one to be like R one R one jump hit him, and then you got to press and hold this, and then you got to chain it into something else. Like if you've done any of those, uh, this is why we should have done the podcast so late. The the things where you go into the arenas, the battle arenas that you fight all the guys in all the different cities. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about those things. Yeah. If you go into those, they teach you how to melee better. And use all these things. And and I tried to go through all these and I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. And I do it and I get good at it in the in the fighting arena. And then when I go to fight someone in real life, I'd be like, I don't fucking remember what those combos were. Like they were so ridiculous. Like I can't remember how to do that. So I didn't really use that. I liked the bow. The bow was good. Uh the folk you know, focus stuff was good with uh slowing shit down, slowing time down, all that stuff. So I don't know. Um I didn't mind the combat. I felt like it was a step up because they offered they offered the special moves. They offered additional melee stuff. They improved on it, I guess, if improving just means more. You know, they added more to it. 
Um, but it was fine. It served the game. What's your opinion of the combat? Uh, the combat was, I mean, awesome. The combat it really is just in terms of Horizon generally, the combat is kind of the shining point of the game. Sure. You know, if you're not into the story. So uh, I I think it's, I think the, the level of options and the amount of creativity you can use and the amount of, uh, ways that you can customize your preferred gameplay style is really cool but i will say that nine times out of ten i just i deferred to one fucking combat trope yeah same here and that was basically like if the enemy had some kind of a specific um you know weapon or something that i could knock off I would sneak up, I would get the, the sharp shot bow with the really powerful tear arrow, and I would use the special that was like the power shot or whatever. Yeah. Not it's not the power shot, but it's the like the super focused, like down on one knee shot. Yeah, you brace yourself, yeah. And uh blast off with one shot basically whatever fucking thing I wanted to knock off of it. And then now that it knows I'm there, I just hit it with whatever elemental arrow is its weakness. And then keep backing away and chucking. Um, I really got into using those uh, um, the spears. Oh yeah, the that, harpoon stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so they, that's a new thing with this game where you can get these spears and they have their different damage types. But the one that I like is the the explosion damage. Oh yeah. So I got like the the not not the like the first one you get the prototype spear has if you did that side quest has has explosion damage but what i did was i got like the next one up mm. which is like the rare one or whatever and then fucking maxed that out so it had like a, a ton of explosion damage mm-hmm. and then i would basically just use my focus and just drive it into the thing's weak spots and it would just blow off all the parts and fucking do shitloads of damage and stuff yeah and and then you were getting- generally there was yeah and generally unless you're fighting humans if you're fighting machines they give you enough room to be able to kind of move away and uh uh like craft more uh ammo and stuff like that if i was fighting humans unless otherwise unless i couldn't do it otherwise i usually always just basically used stealth and just killed everybody with stealth kills mm. Mm-hmm. I almost never like like head on faced human enemies because it was just so much easier to just kill them all. Like because you can basically one you know like you know stealth kill them with one hit. Um, almost all humans. So that was just kind of my approach. I never did any of the combat arenas or anything. None of that stuff interested me. It never interests me in any game like this. Yeah. I really don't like doing stuff like that. Same thing with like the the. Um, the like machine strike thing like i played for 50 plus hours of that game i never played a single game of machine strike really so i don't even i don't even know what it's like to be honest with you i just knew that i didn't want to sit down and play a fucking mini game it's like chess with machines sure a little bit and i I assumed it was i i heard that it was something like that but i didn't have any interest in doing it Mm -hmm. the only time i ever really like semi got into something like that was gwent in the witcher 3 and even that after i played like three or four rounds i was just like okay i'm done with this so um it's like i'm here to play fucking horizon i'm not here to play like 
a you know a meta game a game inside of a game inside of a game like i don't need that kind of inception with my gameplay fair enough man so with the with the skill trees uh you know there's there's you were talking about how you can like kind of like kind of curtail your character to be a warrior these are the different skill trees a warrior trapper hunter survivor infiltrator and then machine master and as you play the game you get all of these up upgrade points and then you decide how you want to spend them and they unlock different things under each of those subcategories or those categories and once you chain several of them together you can get like a, a special upgrade that like runs on Run, runs like in-game based on your a meter, and you can pop it whenever you need it, right? So that was kind of cool. What was confusing for me was how to figure out which one of those things I armed because by the end of the game, I had all of these skill trees pretty much unlocked, and I was just like – It's confusing. How do you yeah. fucking like pick? I think they could have done a much better job. I sound like I'm being really hard in the game. I'm just being critical of it. I love the game, and I thought it was fun. But just it, it feels kind of like how you said with the climbing, like they were just so close on a lot of these things, but it wasn't the best. Yeah, that was that the the selecting the special skills. That was one of those aspects. Um, so there was there was, and here's I think they were trying to get a little too cute with it, where they mm. had they had the the special abilities, and then they had like the power ups. And so like the special abilities, you had to be on a specific weapon type and then you could use the – you could use the the D-pad to select which special ability you wanted to be able to use with that weapon type. And then the power-ups, you had to actually go into the skill tree and select which power-up was active. Yeah. And then whenever you were playing the game – you could activate it. You couldn't like pull up a quick menu and select which power up you wanted off of a list, which is seems kind of like an oversight to Weird. me. But I guess like they don't punish you for even mid combat going into the menu. So I guess it really doesn't matter, but it was just kind of clunky. Yeah. Um, but I will say that like, I liked the, I like in the first game, they gave you like a lot of those power up, kind of not not the power-ups but the special ability things where you could like stack arrows and stuff mm-hmm. with the hunting bow um but uh you know with the they added the power-up thing in this game and i thought it was really cool i didn't hardly ever use it yeah me either. unless it was one of those things where it was like i've got i have to for some reason fight a big enemy so it's like and i don't have the element of surprise so like let's say I got to fight a Thunderjaw or something and I I don't have the element of surprise. I'll just immediately turn on the 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 fucking ability. I think one of the special abilities I used was like the the um the one that like adds 200% damage or something yeah. like that to all your attacks and then I would just launch those fucking spears because it would do a shitload of damage in a short amount of time. Yeah. But I didn't use any of the power-ups that got really cute. Like the, you know, they had some that was like you have a special potion that helps you heal and one was like a the one that I wanted to try that I never did try was the overshield, which I heard is really powerful. Mm. Um, but I never I never tried that. Uh I don't know, but I did like so it, the skill trees in general 
I thought were okay. The one thing that I I, I really liked the aesthetic of them in the menu. Yeah, I thought it was cool. really cool. Um, the one thing that I felt, and and maybe this is just my personal taste in character building, but and I don't know how you felt about this, but I never <sighs> felt like hardly anything on any of the skill trees were aligned with the type of build that I wanted to do. Like basically the only thing um, that I, you know, the only thing that I really, the only thing that I really found was like in the hunting tree, there was the one where you could like increase your focus and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that you could use the focus not not the focus but like the concentration where you can slow down time when you're shooting yeah i like that you know, maxing that out was essential um there was some other stuff that you with like the melee power attacks making them more powerful and stuff that was really useful mm-hmm. same stuff thing with like the amount the time. yeah like like the amount of health you get from plants and stuff like all like the generic like stuff the scavenging the- like get double whatever when you pick stuff up resources yeah, but like all the extra shit I never used, like all of the ones that like powered up the use of the special weapons and shit. Like I didn't use probably half of the weapons in the game. Mm. Like the warrior bow, never used it once. The uh the um there's like a whole tree where like half of it is the hunter bow. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of it is like heavy weapons. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are these two things in this tree together? Yeah, it's really weird. You know what I mean? Like like they should have had they should have had the heavy weapons in with the the machine build skill tree because those most of those weapons you get off of machines. So like um it was pretty interesting. And maybe I'm getting that that uh that screwed up. No, you're fine. But I don't know how you you felt about it. Yeah, no, that. I liked it. Uh, the the when it comes to using like the special abilities, the one that I found really useful when I would go to different different camps was the stealth one, and it was the re- invisibility. It one? was really fucking cool. Yeah, it works great. It was like she'd like pop out on her arm and be like, and then she'd like fucking disappear, like invisibility cloak, and then you could just like wreck people and just stealth everybody. I, I am bummed that they 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 put that. I almost feel like they put the special abilities in so they could put overshield in. Yeah. Because you remember in the first game they had the power shell armor, mm-hmm. which was OP and it was dope as fuck. And they didn't have as far as I know, they don't have anything like that in Forbidden West, which is a bummer because I thought that was a cool thing. Like if you went out of your way yeah. and did all this shit to get this special armor, it made you a little OP. But it was cool though. Like it like changed the way the game is played and it allowed you to make it a little bit easier for yourself. Yeah. So, well, Hey, let's uh, listen to our quick commercial, Jake, and we will get into our impressions of the presentation, the overall presentation, graphics, voice acting, sound engineering, the HUD, all that stuff. And then we'll talk about the story and the characters after that. So take a listen to this. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome to the PS. This is awesome. Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. 
The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, Podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is awesome. All right, we're back. And uh, we're going to talk about the presentation now of Horizon Forbidden West. I think there wasn't really a whole lot else to offer about the uh, skill trees, all that stuff. Said our piece about that. Um, yeah, it was nice. I, th- I just feel like maybe it was a little more than we needed, but I did like what they added. Um, Jake, when it comes to graphics, you mentioned earlier that you just really liked the warmness of the game, the way it, the way it looked. The the colors, the you know all that stuff, and uh, I would agree. I think that it looks good, but not only did it look good, like just the the quality of the whole presentation, graphics, audio, all that stuff. It's just it was really really impressive, you know. And I had I had uh, posted a video a while back when I played Miles Miles Morales on the PS5 and I kind of had an epiphany and I, I posted this stupid video and put some time into it about how like impressed I was with that game. And uh, I felt the same way with this game. It was just so pretty The the sun would come beaming through in the desert or like, you know, the, in, in Las Vegas, the blimp ride or the hot air balloon ride was just so pretty. Did you did that right? The hot air balloon ride. Uh, I don't know if I did. Oh Jesus! There's a side quest where you help these guys in Las Vegas, and they they this guy's trying to put together a hot air balloon. He takes you up for a ride, and then all of Las Vegas is just lit up with all the weird holograms and stuff, and you're just floating yeah. over it in the in, in the fog and the clouds and the stars. And dude, it was just freaking ridiculous how awesome it looked. Photo mode That's was a cool. lot of fun. Graphics were good, like I said. Like I, I didn't really have any. I know there were maybe some visual glitches here and there. You know, where Aloy's hair would like look like a snake; it would start moving on its own or something. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were doing with her hair. Like, yeah. why was it doing that? <laughs> no one. I've never heard anyone talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's like it's like we she's, it. she's standing still, and her hair is just like flying all over the place, like fucking Medusa. Yeah. It's like. I get what you're going for, but I think you might have overdid it just a smidge. Right, like so close. Maybe take that, maybe take that that hair movement slider and just drop it back just a little bit. Yeah, because you know, to be fair, I mean, I would rather have that than what I'm dealing with in fucking Elden Ring, where it's like a PS2 game, mm. where a character that has you know 
that has like long sleeves they lift up their sleeves and it's like they've got fucking cardboard garments on and they just like there's no movement in the fabric there's whatsoever no but then like you know and whereas like horizon is the exact opposite it's just everything is loose and juicy so and just, good yeah and, and animated and beautiful and then but i just feel like I don't know why they felt like they needed to to do that with her hair. And honestly, I will say, and I don't know if this really belongs in this part of the conversation, I'm kind of surprised, but almost not surprised, that they didn't give us the option to change her hairstyle. Because mm. they, they let you, like, paint her face and do all kinds of shit. Wear the tiara or not, right? Yeah, Whatever yeah. You is. can change whether or not she's wearing the helmet. You can put on different gear. You can dye the gear. You can do all this stuff. Can't change her. Why hair. can't I like fucking shave her head or like give her a mohawk or? Because then it's not Aloy. Things. Then it's your own character. But I can do it to Geralt in The Witcher, and it doesn't make him any less Geralt. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like you know like my Geralt when I played The Witcher three had short hair, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, you know it's not it's not that you know it's not that it change it's not going to change that character at all mm. just because her hair looks a little bit different. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess it's a little bit it of might a, be more a of a branding of a, thing. Yeah. I don't know. That is an interesting question. I never thought that was that. kind of my thought was maybe that it's a like this is Aloy's look, right? Yeah, don't fuck. You're not me. you're not allowed to change fucking Ratchet's haircut, <laughs> right? So, right. Like, you know what I mean? Or Nathan Drake's, right? Yeah, you know what I, I guess I get that, right? The, I, but with, I can't remember. Can you can you change the haircut of uh, Jin Sakai in in no. Ghost of Tsushima? I feel like. Are you sure? I feel like you could. Lots of outfit changes. That. Lots of outfit changes. Different swords. You know all of that, but you couldn't change his hair. No way. I don't think you can. He's looking it up right now for the listeners. I am look. I am looking it up. Uh, the first thing that comes up says you cannot change it. Yeah. So yeah, no way. It, it must be a brand. It must be a branding thing with fucking Sony. It is what it is. So be it. Because I I want to give Kratos dreadlocks, but they won't let me do you that. Can't mess with tr- Kratos' head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Presentation graphics. It was beautiful. Beautiful game. W- what else can you say about it? I I thought that the the water was really really good. The water was ridiculous. The water was. In, this is this game probably has the best looking water of any game I've ever seen. Just like the way that it moves in an ambient fashion. Yeah. I'm not talking about like the like. To be fair, when you go when you swim underwater, that whole atmosphere is super impressive on its yeah. own. I'm just talking about like you just happen to be swimming in the middle of the fucking ocean. So there's a creek. And you or just something. look at how the water mm-hmm. moves around. It's legit. It's awesome. It looks really good. The water was fantastic. Um, voice acting, I thought, was a step up from Horizon uh, the Zero Dawn. I, I thought the voice acting was so much more engaging. It was more interesting. I felt like the voice actors killed it. Um, some people may what did you, disagree with that. How, would you, how did you feel about like the facial animations thing? So much better. Because I, I don't know that – I can't remember if I brought this up on the podcast before. But I feel like you can tell – that there are some characters that they put effort into with that, mm-hmm. and there are some that they didn't. Interesting. Like some of the side characters, it was just like their face. They, they they looked, you know, fucking broken. I thought, but then like, yeah, but like all the main characters, it was like, oh, this looks great. I, I, you know what I mean, yeah, I still hold to that. It's the best. It's the best eye animations ever. Like the looking, the blinking, the like the dude. 
they all look like they're they have some life to them. Like you're not talking I, I to agree a bunch with of you. lifeless fucking people. Like it's the eyes. We as humans look at people's eyes, and and we have a bullshit I, I, detector built into us, whether we're actively trying to figure it out or not. But like the fucking eye game is spot on in this game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I if if they could tidy up like the face movement a little bit yeah. more to kind of match that eye yeah. thing that you're <laughs> talking <they're>... about, <laughs> it would be all, I mean, it would be perfect. Dude, they caught so Cause... much shit for the first game because the eyes were all fucked up. I remember. <laughs> so, they, you they know, they've been working it. on they those eyes for like seven years or however long it's taken to get this game out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the eyes were fantastic. The voice acting, I, again, I thought was great. You have any issues with the voice acting, yeah. Jake? No, I mean honestly, if if there was, if I had an issue with a character, it had nothing to do with the presentation. Yeah. It had everything to do with the, the writing of with the character. The writing, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and and I don't even know. I mean, maybe writing is 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 kind of a. We'll get into that when we get to the character. Yeah, we're section. almost. But there. like. But like, uh, yeah, I I thought that the the voice acting was awesome. I thought the sound design was pretty good. I mentioned on the podcast previously that I really like. There were there were times where I was moving around the open world that the soundtrack really grabbed mm. me. Um, you know, not quite like a Skyrim level, but like in that vein where it was like it's just a orchestral score. It's not like a you know, it's like Grand Theft Auto or something where they're playing real like songs Drake, or some shit. Yeah, right. But like. You know, it just it. There were times where the the, the score really kind of complemented what I was doing, and it struck a chord with me emotionally, which I thought was really neat. It's always great to feel that in a game. I think Sony's been really good about that recently. You think about um, the way that it worked as well. And Go- I remember Ghost of Tsushima being similar in that regard, where like the sound design was was very good. Next with level that game. shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, the HUD. It had a pretty good interactive HUD, man. I, I like the HUD. Yeah. I didn't have any issues with that. We talked about it on another podcast. Uh, as we the dynamic HUD yeah, you're so talking cool. about where like it would it would give you the information you needed it needed when you needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I complained a little bit about how elite like in the first, you know, ten to twenty hours, there were a lot of times I found myself in a situation where I didn't know how much health I had. Because like the health bar, like if I engage and disengage from enemies and stuff, the health bar would like go away, and I'd forget that I have like no fucking health. Right. And then I'd go into a, an encounter and get killed immediately with one slaughtered. hit. And it's like, okay, I mean, I guess that's on me, right? That's not really on the game, but uh, I think that generally it's it's a neat. Like I would love if they did that. But then gave me in the menus the option to like choose which things stay on the screen all the time, choose which things like disappear when you don't need them. You know, I, I would love to have the ability to kind of tweak that uh, and, and kind of make it dial more, in like, your HUD, right? Like I don't see you know any reason. Like there's two things in in video game kind of you know presentation or or experience that I don't understand why we don't have. In terms of custom customization, every fucking game, I should be able to remap every fucking button on the controller. I don't understand why that's not a thing. And the other thing is that I should be able to completely customize my HUD to be whatever I want. Like, there, like literally, it doesn't make any sense to me that I can't take the fucking health bar from up here and put it down here. Or I can't turn this off and turn that on right. or make this bigger or make that smaller. It's literally just an overlay on your gameplay screen. So, like, just technically, 
from a technical perspective, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm missing about how it's put together. But, and I get that maybe for them, like whenever they focus test it or whatever, it doesn't seem like a priority. So why why would they put resources into it? Like no one's asking. But when you talk about that, a game, yeah. think about like The Last of Us, where they put all that extra time and effort into the accessibility options, and even they didn't quite go as far as what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I think that like if you just put a couple guys on fucking button mapping and HUD mapping for four like, years or something be dope like if i like even think about something like because i think the last of us might have done this i'm not positive positive last of us part two we're talking about where you could like make it so that like the colors of your i know you didn't have a health bar in the last of us part two but like like the colors of things were different yeah you could you can so, manipulate that yeah so that like maybe you know you don't like the way that a red health bar Again, this is not the last of us. This is just a you know an example generalization. Of what you could do, but like if you don't like the way that a health bar looks against uh, an environment, maybe you could change it to purple or black or or whatever the fuck you want. I don't know. I mean, but I uh, all in all, I think that the, what they did with the HUD and with the the menus and everything um, were it was all pretty good. Yeah, I didn't really have any complaints about it either. Um, yeah, so good. Let's let's talk about characters, Jake, and then we'll get to the story and the ending. Or do you want to do the ending and the story now and talk about characters after the fact? What do you want to do? What's the order here? Um, we can talk about the characters. That's fine. Yeah, let's chat I mean, about all the different characters we meet, and uh, we'll just give quick impressions. Yeah, I, I just put a, a like a short list in here, and it's mainly just like your main allies. And then your main villains. Yeah. So I didn't put any of the side characters in here. If there are any side characters you want to shout out, feel free to shout them out. Sure. Um, like, for example, one of my favorite side characters in the whole game, and Sarah fucking loved her outfit, was that Decca character, which is like the old lady from um, who's the – the um, I can't remember the name they use in the game, but she's like the priestess of the Tanakh under Hakaro, like in that main <laughs> temple. She's got like the she's got like the blue and she's got like the thing that's got all of the pieces and she's got the big mohawk. Yeah. I, if you saw a picture of her, you know who I'm talking about. But um there were so many characters, man. Yeah. Like in terms of side characters, there's there's a lot. Like I thought they had that mission. I don't know if you did that one side quest um where they just subtly, you know, without really making a thing of it, one of the characters is obviously like a trans character, which is which I thought was pretty <laughs> interesting. And it seems like there's a lot of gay characters in this game that, you know, it's just normal in this world, which is cool. I love that there were there was a lot of ethnic diversity in just the characters you meet around the world mm-hmm. um, and that the diversity between the characters in terms of the way that they interact with each other has less to do about their like ethnic diversity and more to do with the diversity of their clans and their, their allegiances, their, yeah. their culture. Right. So like the diversity in the game is not so much in terms of the way it's presented to you is not so much in this character is a black character. This character is an Asian character. This character is lesbian, whatever it's, it's that, you know, this character is a Tanakh, and so their way of life is like this, and it, it frames everything about them mm-hmm. as a person. And the Utaru are completely different, and they com- they interact with the world completely differently, and it sometimes clashes. And so 
you know, anything that you could consider quote unquote, um, you know, racist in this game or, or like any bigotry that is portrayed, it's a culture war. It's not a, it's not like a race thing or, 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 uh, you know, uh, like a gender thing or anything right. like that, which I, which which I really thought was cool. It normalizes a lot of that stuff in ways that I think a lot of other games, if they were doing this, a lot of other games would like point it out and be like, "Look what we did," you know what I mean? And I and I think that they really made a a, a nice world in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the main characters, so let's start with the obvious one, Aloy. Let's obviously just start with Aloy. So what I mentioned earlier, which I thought was kind of um interesting and i kind of had this gut reaction too and i don't know how you felt about it in the beginning of the game like she's not very she's not like a very nice character to play she's very like off-putting and she's kind of grumpy and like she doesn't really want like other people um like bothering her and stuff and she like dismisses varl who's like put all of this effort into helping her and stuff and like i didn't appreciate it at first, but then I was thinking about it and I'm like, oh, like if you take into context her experience, this is actually like a subtle way of realistically writing the character. You know, she's she's been an outcast. Like now all of a sudden she did this thing and everybody wants something from her all the time. Like she's she's running around and nobody cares about like her plight or what she's trying to accomplish. All they care about is what's going on in their lives. Can you help me? Right. Yeah. And she's the savior. She's not Aloy. And, and it makes, uh, and it's problem. Like it, it, you can imagine how that would be grading for a real person if that was their scenario. And she, if you, if you follow the story all the way through to the end, that character that that attitude that I'm describing really comes to critical mass with the beta character mm. and where she's just a straight up bitch to beta mm-hmm. for like the first, you know, couple hours that, you know, even maybe more than that, that beta is with the group. Yeah. But then like there's a reconciliation of her feelings and there's some character development there and it brings everything back and you realize how dynamic this character really is. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I, like I said, I initially was kind of down on it and then I ended up really liking her by the end. Uh, just, uh, you know, wish I could change that haircut. That's all. Yeah. No, I liked Aloy. I, I liked the voice acting. I liked, <clears throat> I liked kind of like how she was still a nomad right like she she travels from all these different places she doesn't have an allegiance to anybody or to any group and uh i like that about the character and i like that they didn't like settle her down somewhere you know what i mean that like she didn't just yeah. like you know after the events of uh zero dawn that she didn't just kind of like shack up with the the sun king or whatever like you know what i mean like make herself comfortable there for so long that like she she kind of uh softened up a little bit uh, I I like that I thought that was yeah I was gonna say go ahead I'm sorry no 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 you're fine I was just saying I, I just like that about her that, that she still has that that rough and tumble kind of you know I've I've got I've had some shit happen 
You know, I've suffered loss. I've done these things. I've done it out of, you know, being more of an altruistic kind of character, but also like she's trying to, she's trying to help and save everybody. So she feels this weight on her shoulders, right? That, that like it seems like nobody else really understands, um, and and that's what was really interesting. And it felt like like Aloy versus the world almost. And and as the game progresses, you realize that like it didn't have to be that way because she had these people that actually wanted to fucking help. They just didn't understand, or they didn't understand what needed to be done, and they needed yeah. her to say, hey. Well, welcome. I could use your help. I need you to do this. And they were more than willing to do whatever, you know. And uh she just had to open up and 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 accept it like, you know, they they didn't have the the focus and they didn't understand this shit. So she had to somehow find a way to show them. And how do you explain that you're, you know, to a, a tribal society so that you're a clone of a thousand year long dead woman that was the 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 hopeful savior of humanity yeah and that you know none of your gods are real and all this shit and like it's it's a lot to bear and i can understand not wanting or being able to really explain that um or not wanting to try to explain that right but i I did really appreciate the fact that like they totally like the character just totally slams the door on any romantic advances. Like, I think it's, I think it's actually kind of cool that they do that Yeah. as opposed to, you know, having this female lead and then sexualizing her in any way. I mean, I'm not even saying it's just females. Like, you know, male characters always have a love interest and all this stuff. And it's always like an arc in the fucking Nathan Drake story, Chloe and Elaine and, but, Elena, you know, you sorry. think about this game and it's like, OK, there's going to be a love interest, but it's going to be between two side characters. Mm. It's not going to be Aloy. It's not going to be the Aloy has got her mission. Like we have written her as a true clone to Elizabeth Sobeck, who historically, you know, was always very <laughs> – um, you know, closed off, never really put much stock in personal relationships and all this kind of stuff. And I don't want to say didn't put much stock, but didn't like really open up to personal relationships. Didn't, you know, you find out later that she was in a relationship with the Tilda character way back when, a thousand years ago. But like Aloy's character herself, she's, she's obviously courted by many different men in the, the games and she like in that in the beginning of the game you know sun king of odd is like stay here i'll make you a queen blah 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 yeah. blah and she's just like yo i got shit to do um thanks but no thanks and i guess i think depending on how you like select yeah. your option you can be like really diplomatic about it but i uh, i think that that's really cool now the thing about you know uh, they imply i guess they don't so necessarily they, they it's not necessarily an implication. It's a fact is that a thousand years ago, apparently Elizabeth Sobeck was a lesbian or at least bisexual because she had a relationship with Tilda. Um, it's not Tilda Swinton. That's an actor. It's uh, uh, I don't remember, I can't the remember name. The, well, Tilda, I can't the remember her Tilda. last name. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, because they sort of reveal that, in this 
story, they've got kind of they've they've only got a, they've got a couple of interesting things that could happen with the next game, right? Because they they could say like she's a clone, so I don't know. It would be kind of dicey for them to approach her sexuality now because it's like because she's a clone is she automatically a lesbian or is is uh you know if they say that like oh she doesn't like women at all in the next game does that step on the toes of you know some certain people's political beliefs not i political sorry political is not the right word but like belief about sexuality and the way that it forms in the human mind and the human psyche. All right. So like, you know, cause some people believe that you're born with it and some people don't, which, you know, we're not getting into that on this podcast, but like, it's, it's a very interesting kind of place they put them in. And my gut says they'll go the safe route. And in the next game, they won't explore it at all, mm. but it's an interesting kind of talking point because they sort of like pull back the curtain just a smidge to say like, Hey, guess what it could be. And then, you know, they kind of just what's, move yeah, on. And what's so interesting about horizon forbidden West. Like the last thing I'm thinking about is Aloy's sexuality or her preference. Yeah. And it's like, awesome that like that's the case. I could, I couldn't give two fucks about what she prefers or who she prefers or what gender she, you know, has a leaning towards. I don't fucking care. Like I want to know the story of Horizon, and I want to know the history, and I want I want to take her journey, and you know, and that's that's to your point. What you're saying is that it's nice that they've they let that tension or whatever happen between two side characters, right? Like the relationship shit. Like Aloy's yeah. fucking all business, and uh, that we see that from the get go of the game. Is she's just like I got shit to do. I got to save the goddamn world, like. Yeah, I gotta go, Sun God, Sun King, whatever your name is. I gotta roll. <laughs> I gotta go. Time's ticking, you know. And I love that about her. She's just, you know, she's ride or die. She's gonna go do it, and she's gonna do it on her own. She's gonna fucking make it happen somehow. And so there's always that hopefulness, you know. She never gives up. I love that about her. Um, right. How she introduces, how she gets these other people into, into her squad by the end of the game, and explains all of this shit. Is she kind of does it. They do it on the back end. They hide it. It happens uh, through Gaia, essentially. So at it, it, that base, like they do all their training and shit while you're out doing stuff. And then you can come back and talk to the characters and, and they'll tell you what they learned, right? So by the end of the game, you're all on the same page and you've just accepted the fact that they 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 know now. Everybody knows what's up. And that's a great way to kind of obfuscate like – how it actually, how long it would take to like, convince them, or like how you know what I mean? Like, I guess fuck if we were thrown into an alien spaceship today, Jake, and they gave us these fucking things to put in our ears, and we could see like another dimension, and they were like, "Oh yeah, your life is essentially a lie. This is the truth." We'd be like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. I guess it is. You know, give give me a week. I think it. I think it was a really great way for them to. That honestly was one of my favorite things about the game was the the parts between main missions where you would go back and talk to everybody again and get their new perspective and see what they've learned and yeah and see how the relationships are developing between the characters and stuff. I think it's really, really cool. Um, 
But if you want to talk about Gaia, I think it's kind of cool that they bring Gaia back in this. Like Gaia was gone in the first game. Yeah. You learn about her, but you don't see anything. Gaia is the AI that was the supervisory program that was supposed to be the 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 overseer of Project Zero Dawn. That that you know it you know drove all these other sub software pieces mm-hmm. that would rebuild the world after the world ended, and. You know, the whole thing about this game is you have to find Gaia because the world is is has a blight and it could be ending. So you have to find um, Gaia and then bring Gaia back to full power so she can kind of drive the show. Uh, but I don't really have anything to say about this character. It's a fucking robot you talk to. Um, I think it's cool that they give it, you know, some genuine emotion and stuff, which is interesting. I mean, it's a full-fledged AI, so that makes sense. The kind of userism but, uh, is, a, is the 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 mission giver toward you know the main mission giver yeah. she's just kind of used as like okay she, she's kind of like the historical like codec too where it's like mm-hmm. you know like you want to recap the shit that happened a million years ago go talk to Gaia and she'll tell you like this is what the Zeniths were doing this is what this yeah, was she doing knows this is why up. this happened this is why that happened and it's like okay you know I get it yeah but I still thought she she was cool. yeah pertinent very important to the story um, Varl is next Jake Varl is uh, Aloy's pal um, I can't remember the role that Varl had in the first game he was he was like the one his mother was like the chief of the chief warrior of the Nora tribe, okay. which, which is where Aloy grew up. And Varl was like the one kind of guy, her age that sort of took sympathy on her and helped her out where yeah. everybody else was shunning her Yeah, whenever it shit went down and she had to, had to leave. That's right. So, and then he kind of was on board after that, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Varl is my least favorite character in the whole game. Sure. So I I don't have a I don't have a problem with him. I think he's fine. I just don't find him interesting. Why are you fucking at step all. into Varro, man? He'll mess you up. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I I appreciate his I appreciate his uh, his loyalty to Aloy. But in terms of like those like the cast of characters he that came that over from the first game, he was the least interesting. I mean, Aaron is way more interesting. Not to mention some of the other side characters. Aaron came from that, Northwest Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to mention some of the other side characters that you know you meet that were from the first game, like the Huntress from the Hunting Lodge in the first game. Way more interesting. So, like, yeah. Varl, I understand probably was was brought in because he was a mainstay in the first one. It would make sense for him to follow her, and he serves that purpose uh, in the story with. Uh, Zoe's character as the love interest. So um, I don't have much to say about Varl. I mean, I thought he was fine, but he didn't really do it for me all that much. Yeah, fair enough. Same here. Erend, let's talk about Erend. We'll try to get through this relatively quick. I'm not going too long. Erend is, like I said, just a, is a good old boy in, in these, yeah, in these doesn't, crazy doesn't times. like to think, just likes to smash things. He seems like the type of guy who'd be fucking crushing bush lattes on the weekend. And uh, you on know, his forehead, yeah. And he he's got that. Um, I don't know if you've ever ever. He just looks like you know, like a who's the Chuck Liddell? Yeah, I was going like to say that exactly. You know, like, yeah. Or like um, if you if I don't know if you're familiar with the band Sabaton, but like their lead singer, he's got like that that very like macho, but sort of making fun of it kind of you know look. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just gets he's like the. 
you know, he's like the 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 Russian guy in Armageddon that just gets mad and hits things mm-hmm. with his hammer. And they pull uh, it off well. It, I mean, the actor's great. Yeah. No, he's good. He's good. I, I he's entertaining. I like. And him. I love that he has a soft spot. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he's you can, not. You can tell he's vulnerable. Yeah, he's not. He's not just what you see. There's a little depth to him, and and I like that. You know, when when he's trying to learn stuff and you go back and you talk with him and he's like, well, I guess, you know, uh, you know, I'm seeing all these kind of things and, and trying to learn it, you know, best I can. He's like, you want a drink? Yeah. <laughs> and I love how his character is like, keeps listening to fucking death metal and shit like that on the so focus. Ridiculous. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's just a funny character. Well, why don't you, he's a comic really for sure. Yeah. Why don't you talk about Zoe a little bit? So Zoe is a cool character. She's obviously like the um, – Sarah and I have been watching back through. I don't know if you ever watched the, the show Scrubs, but she's like the Carla character, which is like the the strong female sort of mom character, but is not, is the same age as everybody else. She's just the responsible one. Mm. and But she's also – she has a really important kind of noble sort of – uh, motivation, which is is you know her people are starving. They're they're the forester or not the forester the the harvest kind of group. They they grow all the crops and all that stuff. They're they're everything about their way of life is based around this is the uh, Utaro I believe mm-hmm. is based around um, you know plants. All their clothes are plant based and everything like that. And all but because of the blight, all their shit's dying. So I think that. You know, it's cool that even though she knows and they they worship the machines that like plant the fields for them Mm. and stuff. And I think it's a noble thing that she now that she understands that these machines aren't gods, she appreciates them for what they do and still cares for them deeply and wants to fix them and repair them. And I think her character and plus like her relationship with Varl. Sometimes, like, their fights and stuff are a little sitcom-y, you know what I mean? Which is sure. a little bit irritating. But, like, other than that, I think her character is is pretty dynamic, and I really like uh, really like her. Yeah. I, I didn't have an issue with Zoe. I liked her, too. And uh, I don't have much to say about her, to be honest. You pretty much covered it all. Um, so we'll move on to Kotalo. Kotalo was, like, one of my favorite characters he's fucking awesome katalo so the next three characters we're going to talk about i think are the best side characters in the game yeah katalo and is rad katalo is really cool he's he's the utaru warrior the that marshall, like yeah the marshal who which by the way not the tanak not utaru i think i love that their entire their entire uh society is based on like films about an old like special forces unit from the United States military called the 10. And so like all of their soldiers are called marshals and like, it's very, very interesting, but I love that. Like he gets wounded. He loses his arm at the beginning of the game Mm. in the battle against Regala. And so he becomes sort of like a useless as a warrior, quote unquote, but he, which is like really humbling for him. It's humbling for him, but like he has the most dynamic character. Like his character growth is is obvious, but it's also fulfilling. Where he's got to learn how to live with one arm, yeah. and and uh, you know he he's very stoic and very like closed off. But then he opens up with a lot of the characters by the end. And the side mission you do with him, where you get him like a robotic arm, so that he has another arm that he can fight with. But then after you get that, 
he's like, I'm not going to wear this thing normally. This is who I am now. And I'm only going to wear it when I'm in combat because I need it as a tool. And I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah. I, man, when he gets, Plus he looks fucking dope and they turn it into a side quest to get his arm and like, they turn it into this thing and it's just so, so cool. And you're rooting for him, right? Because he's kind of an ass at first. And he's like tough guy, and then he kind of comes around, and you as Aloy kind of show him that like you're real deal, and he respects it, and uh, you do you work wonders in front of him, you know, and and you do things, and he's like, wow, you are, you are real deal, and uh, I just absolutely loved his character development and the way, and the man that cyber arm dude. Anytime any character has like a limb snatched off and then they get like a cyborg replacement. It's just fucking cool. It's tropey, but it's so awesome. Um, yeah, it's neat. It's really neat. Yeah. Especially I, in this game because it's like freaking tribal. And it shit. fits right in because awesome. of all the cybernetics and stuff. It just makes sense. Yeah. I love yeah. Kotalo. I thought he was a badass. Um, and, uh, why don't you move on to Alva real quick? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely not going to make our four minutes, but, um, yeah, so just to, just to be a little transparent, we're using Zoom, and it apparently they they changed it now, so you can only have forty minutes. Uh, so we we have to re up the call, kind of edit edit the shit together. So they but I uh, go ahead, it, Alva. Yeah, so so Alva is probably my second favorite side character. I love her character, the Diviner. I think it's so cool. Yeah, she's the Diviner for what's the name of that tribe that she's Quinn. part of? I. The Quen, yeah, who are like it's the Quen are interesting because they they found focuses on their own. And so they based their whole society around the information that they were able to gather off of the focuses. And it's this very like misguided information that leads them to believe that these guys like Ted Farrow and shit who were really the destructors of the human race are actually these heroes. And so they put them up on this pedestal and she's like someone who has a focus. One of the few people within the tribe that has a focus that is only supposed to use it to find more knowledge for Mm -hmm. their people. And I love that she has this breakthrough where she learns about like, yeah, I've got this focus, but it doesn't show me everything because I don't have a good one like Aloy does. And once I get it, I realize that like, oh, some of these people that from the past that we're worshiping are actually like crazy people. And I love that her character is the I love the the demeanor of her character. Very like, you know, she's kind of bubbly, innocent, in a way. happy-go-lucky, very bubbly, very bookish like kind of awkward socially almost a little bit like i i really don't intend this to be you know i i'm sorry if this is in any way derogatory but she's a little like spectrumy if that makes any sense Mm. like like she might have like a smidge of autism or something like that in the way that she acts and i think that all of that like comes through in this character in a very awesome way yeah i think she's very interesting and uh i liked i liked it i liked how as Aloy, when you meet when you meet Alva, you essentially have decimated the people she was there with, and then you run in. You just fucking kill all of and them. You run and into she, her, and, and she's totally cool with it. <laughs> and and she's like, "Well, I, I'm here to bring back information." And, and Aloy's like, "Oh my god, like this person's not like really scared of me. Not doesn't feel threatened by me. And and you know, maybe we can work together. You know, maybe we can help each other." 
and they form this weird relationship. So Alva, in a weird way, becomes Aloy's savior in the game to a degree, yeah. which was really, really interesting. But yeah, Alva was a cool character. Yeah, I think that it's cool that she knows, too, from the beginning that like the warriors that are with her are yeah. are bad. Yeah. Like They're just killing people yeah. indiscriminately because they believe that they can. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting that, like, she already knows that, like, something's hinky. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, get that call started back up, Jake. I'll call you back, and uh, we'll finish off this spoiler cast. All right. Next up, we had Beta. We're going to talk about Beta. And Beta was the another clone of Elizabeth Sobek. She's a genetic clone. Um, she visibly is is exactly the same as Sobek and Aloy. And, yeah, uh, I think it's cool. I think they did a really, a really smart thing of like giving her a different haircut and a different outfit. So she's also a little like scrawnier, and I think that's because yeah. she was like being used. She was basically a prisoner. Yeah, her entire so life. she she looks kind of famished a little bit and like emaciated with far zenith, you know, because of them. And uh, yeah, what an interesting character! In the first time she makes an appearance in the game, I kind of had a what the fuck moment like i was like really confused i knew yeah. that aloy you know that aloy is a, a clone of sobek but you like my mind was like there was only one right so well there's that whole that whole scene where she shows up where like the zeniths arrive with her and stuff is just like fucking out of left field yeah it's really so bizarre. like it's really really bizarre but yeah i i the cool thing about beta is that beta is they're setting Beta up to be Aloy's close relationship. She's not going to have a love interest or whatever. She has a sister now. She never had family, and now she has a sister who is this – it's her. It's a clone, right? Mm-hmm. They're not the same person, <laughs> but they're a clone of the same person. And so you know, they essentially are sisters in some capacity. Um, and I, I love that they toy with the idea that like your DNA doesn't make you who you are. And it's how it's it's nurture more than nature, because obviously, you know, there is the nature of it where they're both they both have the same DNA. So they both have the same physical capabilities and all of that. Mm -hmm. But they were nurtured in very different ways. And that is why Aloy is this strong, confident woman who's able to do almost anything and save the world, whereas Beta is this totally shy scared like like basically the opposite side of the same coin and it's really interesting and there's this moment at the end which is where they sort of become friends i guess where where aloy has to explain to beta that the reason why she is the way that she is is because of Rost and how he raised her and the type of love that he showed her, even if it wasn't like the most cuddly love. Right. And uh, him sacrificing himself for her and all of this. Products of our environments. um, Right. And I think that, uh, you know, and I love the way that Beta's character turns around and the way that she helps them at the end of the game and how they set her up to be like, to be like, Aloy's main companion now. And I think that that's really cool. I love that idea for the next game. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I think it's good. Uh, Beta's fine. And it's, it's interesting that her name is Beta. Like, 
I kind of wish, like, Aloy's an A, right? Beta's a B. Are we going to get a C-named person next? Maybe. There'll just be a whole fucking brigade of Elizabeth's yeah. clones yeah. that just keep all have different personalities. Up, dude. An army of Elizabeth Sobics. <laughs> um, next up, we got Silence. Silence. He is the guy who works behind the curtain and orchestrates a lot of things. And uh, I was reading the wiki earlier for Horizon, uh, like the fandom one, and uh, they they had written on there that quite possibly Silence could be the smartest person in this new world. Um, and I don't disagree. I, I, he obviously knows how to do stuff with Hades and hack it and all this stuff, and he knows how to communicate with all the technology he's educated himself he knows how to play people he's very he's also i feel like he's invested in just knowledge that's all he cares about is learning but at the same time like i feel like part of him is kind of good like he's got there's a there's a little bit of a bone in him i think that's like humanity like that that he's fighting like he's kind of uh split i think like i he knows what he wants and he knows that what he wants comes at a cost and there are times yeah, he's like where he he's walks like a he's like a steve jobs type or something you know where Fucking he's like weird. incredibly intelligent and he knows what he needs to do he's like a sociopath right he, yeah, he knows yeah. what he needs to do because he knows that it's important that he saves the world yeah but the way that he goes about doing it, he has no moral compass. He has no nothing. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. Everybody else is beneath him. It doesn't matter. It's all about the goal. And you know what you know because I tell you you know it. Right. And it's because he doesn't trust anybody with the information that he has because he doesn't believe that they're smart enough to use it wisely. And I think that there is a little bit of a turning point with silence at the end of this game where Aloy kind of puts him in his place a little bit. And at the end of the game, he decides to stick around to face nemesis with the rest of them, as opposed to just jumping off and going to a new planet by himself, which he was thinking about doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think silence is interesting. I mean, he's a, fucking dick but that's like his character and i think he's written really well he's acted really well um so yeah silence is cool he's not much different than the first game but in this game there's no bones about it like he's just a douche the whole game it's not like the first game where you think he's helping you or for maybe like half the game yeah or, or like maybe he's a bad guy that, oh, or like yeah you don't yeah. know what it, what his prerogatives are right what his compass right is. so it is it is very interesting, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they continue to, to develop his character in the next game. And you know, this is just a bombshell freaking prediction, but I could see him, you know, sacrificing himself in the next game because his character is developed to defeat Nemesis or something. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could see one of those tropes kind of playing sure, out. Sure, or or you know, they walk him back and he becomes a really good friend and ally, but then something happens and he kind of turns on everybody and becomes like the bad guy or something. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, anything could happen with Silence. He he's the mystery, mystery card. Regala, Regala was another major character. And uh, she was the leader of the Tanakh rebels. And, uh, you know, she was part of the Desert Clan, I believe. And uh, she found a way. They found a way to tame the machines. And they actually found out how to tame the machines through silence. 
Yeah. It was his. Well, through Silence Shell Clan, which was like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the sun. Prometheus sons. Yeah. Sons the, of Prometheus. Whatever. Yeah. Sons of Prometheus, yeah. He created this fucking thing and manipulated all these people to make sure that, yeah. that Regala could get these animals to win, you know, not the animals, but the machines, get them under their control to, you know, cause all kinds of disruption and then try to use them to attack the Zenith. Like, he had this fucking crazy, crazy war She's, plan. like, obsessed, right? She's obsessed with taking down the Tanakh because... The, the the current leader of the Tanakh, Hikaro, doesn't want to take revenge on the Karja for the Red Raids, yeah. and she wants to. So she's like, I'm going to fuck all you up, and I'm just going to take over, and I'm going to kill them all. And she does a good job of like amassing power because of this ability to override machines. And uh, she's portrayed as like Hikaro's best warrior. Mm. Like he's the only person – or she, she Regala is the only person who is as good, almost as good, or as good as Hikaru in combat in the entire tribe. Yeah. So, um, and he lets her live when he should have killed her in combat because he didn't want to waste her talent. And she turns around and fucks everybody over and kills countless people and all this stuff. And she ends up dying. But, uh, and she does end up dying, um, which... You know, I don't know how does she die because I think she – I heard she can die in different ways. But she does end up dying in the game mm. always. So like for me, it was like I did all this shit and I was nice to her and all of this stuff. And um, so she ends up dying on the final mission. Yeah, that's what happened with she, me. I gave her a chance but to die I'm, as a warrior. But I'm pretty sure you can fucking kill her in the arena. That's interesting. And she's not with you on the final mission. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of story branching in this game, but it does seem like there is one aspect of it like that. And to be fair, it doesn't really matter. That part of the story doesn't matter. So it does like it was probably no big deal for them to let you do that. But uh, yeah, I thought Regal was cool. Her outfit was fucking crazy looking. Um, she was a really interesting character. Uh, one of those hard to like bad guys, but also like cool at the same time i don't know it, it was interesting yeah she's very silence-esque in that regard yeah. and then we had tilda with the far zeniths she she was the one zenith right who was became your ally in quotes right at, at the end yeah and right? i never Where fucking she, trusted her i don't know about you um i figured they were gonna throw some kind of a curveball with that character mm. but i wasn't sure how like what it was gonna be I didn't expect it to be what it was, but I assumed that there was going to be some kind of a conflict. Either she was going to like sacrifice herself to prove her loyalty or she was going to betray them in some way that, you know, was not obvious. Mm -hmm. And she does. And it just, she, she basically her betrayal was she wanted to save Aloy's life because she loved Elizabeth Sobek. And it's kind of crazy. It's like you find out that like she's not that much better than the rest of the Zeniths in that like they're all fucking insane. And I love and we can kind of just segue into the Zeniths. Like I love them as a whole. The Zeniths are the original fucking Zeniths that left Earth a thousand years ago. They found they don't really kind of gloss over it, but they found a way to like make themselves immortal 
But when they come back, you see them and like the way that they're dressed and the way that they look like they look like fucking zombies practically. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously alive. They're not zombies, but like their skin is pale. Like it's very like they look like the undead almost, but they've got this super futuristic fucking armor and stuff on. And it's, it's very cool. And I love that. Like they, they sort of imply that like their sociopathy as like the rich of the rich, when they left the earth sort of mutated and evolved into this, just like psychosis where they're like, living forever and everything is about them and Ultimate they don't care if narcissistic they, society yeah they don't care if they completely destroy an entire living planet so that they can have it for themselves and and yada yada and you find it's it's more than that at the end they're, of the game they're being chased the by the nemesis, the nemesis. Right? which uh is interesting and we'll have to see how that kind of plays out yeah. but well, that's pretty you know, much. I don't know how you feel about that, dude. We, but. I don't know, but we pretty much covered the story by talking about the characters. Really, I don't know if we. Yeah, no, we don't have story. to talk about the story. I, I, th- I do want to say that. Like, did you have any comments about the Farziness? I just think they're badass. I, you know, I, I think they're cool. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, not badass. Like, oh man, I want to be a Farzenith, but like, really sci-fi kind of approach to an enemy and yeah, scary in a way, really. Uh, you know, because they're from the future, but they're like also from the past, and it's yeah. fucked. On it's fucking weird. It's insane. It's like, what if you gave? Like, what if the people, those people, have a thousand year head start on technology, mm-hmm. and then they have another thousand years on top of that that they were able to develop it further as they go away and come back. Yeah, it, whereas everybody else is still in fucking tribal town because they just woke up it, yeah, a few hundred years. It'd be ago. like if aliens landed and they were like, "Yeah, we used to live on Earth like before you guys." You yeah, Stonehenge. Yeah, we we lived here that in was the fucking us. Stone Age. Yeah, that would be that, crazy. That was us, and we fucking ditched this place because we found a way to, and we were badass, and we're coming back just to check in on y'all. Like, could you imagine? Yeah, how insane that would be. That everyone's mind would melt. It's awesome. But I will say, so the one thing I did want to say about the story is that, like, I don't know if they're, they haven't confirmed if they're going to do a single player DLC like they did with, with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn had the Frozen Wilds. But to me, there's only two things that I can see them doing. Predictions then, right? With, yeah, predictions with the single player DLC. And that is that in this game, the major thing is you're trying to capture Hephaestus, mm-hmm. which is the which is the subset of Gaia that creates all the deadly machines that are killing people. Mm-hmm. And in the game, it, by the end of the story, he ends up escaping. Yeah. So my guess is that the DLC is going to be a mission for you to capture Hephaestus. Okay. And get him back under control. Either that. Or it's going to surround the Farzinas that are still in the spaceship in orbit. Because they say in that the game that there are still Farzinas on the ship that's in orbit. And there's only about there was only about ten of them on the base that's mm. on Earth. So um I could see that being interesting. And I think that that like whatever I'm talking about, what's not in any single player DLC will be part of the next game. I have no doubt about it. Um I don't know if you have any opinions on that, but uh, I think that it's an obvious take and I I think that like it would be cool to see them go someplace other than North America. Although the, the North American sort of 
landscape is is part of the reason why the game is so iconic because you recognize a lot of these landmarks. Yeah, I, I, I could see them opening up Silas a little bit in a DLC where you could play him and maybe he's tasked with go get, like, you know, because he's, he's got some shit dialed in and he understands the machines and stuff. Maybe, maybe Aloy is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're back. You're not really going to fucking help us or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're only in it for you. Yeah. And, then, and then maybe the DLC is like you play as Silence and uh, you get to go out and, and it's part of him masterminding some sort of way to win over Aloy and company. And yeah. you don't know... Like what your real, what the prerogative is, or what his true intentions are, but you play through this thing, and then you know, boom, Horizon Three comes out, and then it picks up. Like, oh yeah, when he acquired this, or when he did this, he accidentally did this, or you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be cool too if in the next game you maybe go to like where the Quen are at, because they imply that the Quen are like based out of Asia or something like that, mm. and they take a they take ships across the ocean to get to California. Um, I think that would be a really neat kind of like, uh, why not throw us in a new environment or like take us up to Canada or something like at least something, you know what I mean? something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they could even like halfway through the third game, put you on a fucking ship and send you to, you know, whatever galaxy the moon and or... you could be, it could literally be anything. They made this game. So it, the next game could literally be anything They've after. Up, yeah. Yeah, after they brought the Zenus in and they're like, oh, yeah, this technology is just fucking insane. It's like, okay, well, now they could literally do anything with the third game mm-hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, but yeah, all in all, I would say, you know, in kind of closing, this game is fucking awesome. I I think it's so good. I think it's so much better than the press it got surrounding its launch. I don't know mm-hmm. really why. I think like, you know, Elden Ring came out like a week later and it's like, Apparently, Elden Ring is like the best game of all time, which I, I, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring and I don't agree with the sentiment. I think it's a great game, but I think that, you know, you're comparing apples to oranges and to look at Horizon because it's a sequel little more harshly just because it's not this fucking game breaking or, or genre breaking game like Elden Ring you know, I think it's unfair. And so, you know, I, I hope that everybody, I'm sure everybody listen to the, listens to this podcast doesn't care. They're, they probably think that Horizon's awesome. But, you know, if for some reason, you know, you're listening to the podcast and you've been reading things online and, and you have a little bit of a negative spin on your opinion of the game and you haven't played it because of that, I would say if you liked Horizon Forbidden West, this game is better than that one. In almost every aspect. Yeah. Aside from the fact that it's not a brand new IP, so it doesn't have that like shock factor the of like shimmer. holy fuck, yeah. this is new and it's awesome. So, you know, I I would say you gotta play it. Everything is awesome about it. I do have, you know, obviously I've mentioned it on the podcast multiple times. I have little things about the game that annoy me. Like one of the things that annoys me about modern open world games is, and maybe you can attest to this, it's like, why are there so many fucking resources in this game? Like, You don't ever need that I, many. Yeah. I don't need any of these But things. I always feel a need to collect them. Yeah, I've got, like, by the time the game is over, I've got 5,000 fucking sticks Twigs. in my inventory. Yeah. And I don't need it. And I'm constantly building arrows and shit. And so, like... 
you know, I feel like they could have they could have tightened up the amount of resources that you actually have to accumulate and make it almost more like a currency thing as opposed to like, oh, I've got to gather red berries as opposed to white berries if I'm going to make the blood arrows or whatever the fuck. That's not a thing for the game, but like pain. I got to climb this mountain, like purple flower and. Yeah, like so like if you look at your inventory in the resources thing and if you have one of everything, you've literally got like 300 different things in your inventory. And it's like, come on, do I really need all this? Like, do we really need to use all of these different things for crafting? I can get the machine parts for the for like the pouch upgrades and stuff. But like for the the base crafting stuff and for ammo and shit, like, come on. Anyway, it's I, that's excessive. A but other than that, everything else. I mean, sucks. The Witcher. I love The Witcher, and The Witcher has all that shit too. So I, I wouldn't ever shit on The Witcher for having all that stuff. But I, I understand. I would, what but that's just because yeah. I felt the same way when I played The Witcher. But it's like, yeah. like The Witcher. The game is so good, you sort of overlook. You just kind of like, and ah, the resources are so abundant, you don't have to worry about it ever. And I think when they, yeah, when they, dude, when they, when you develop a game like this, you're not counting every single pickup. Like that you put in the open world map, so you just know that you got to make that shit available. And as long as there's enough out there, then no player is gonna be like, I can't fucking find this to do this, and I don't. Yeah, there's not enough of this stuff. You know what I mean? So they just fucking throw yeah. it out there, and it's a mini game in itself, and just go fucking have fun with it, you know? So, right. but I know what you're saying. So yeah, we already talked about what could be next for the series. Obviously, we're gonna probably get another Horizon. We're gonna get DLC. We already talked about what that could be. And uh, yeah, man, I I, I think. You know, to wrap things up, I agree. The game was a it it was good. It was a success, and it is a shame that it got overshadowed a bit by Elden Ring. Who would have thought? You know that uh, you know Elden Ring having such a very well. This is the way that things go. It, it's like very niche audience for Elden Ring, right? Like the Souls players, the Soulsborn people, like very niche. They're loud. But they're on very the loud. They're yeah, so they're very fucking loud. loud. And and it's like, okay, we get it. You're a good gamer. We get it. You can play a tough game and you can get good at and it. And the games are good. Yeah. We, I will say that. The games are good. Sure. But that's all I fucking heard about when Horizon came out was Elden Ring this, Elden Ring that, Elden Ring this. And I saw some reviews for Horizon and stuff and that it was a good game, but... It 100% was overshadowed by Elden Ring, and I think it was fucked up that it was because I think Horizon is a fantastic game, and it's going to be like one of those records, like Jawbreaker's Dear You record when they signed to Geffen and they put this out. They were a punk rock band, and this thing came out, and all the punks revolted because they sold out, and uh, you know, fucking 10, 15 years later, all the punks think that's their best record. So it's like, don't get fucking caught up in, in the movement and lose right. sight of what you like and what, what, why you're doing this and why you're playing games. Like, don't sleep on Horizon. It's fucking good. So, you know, play, play Elden Ring 2 if that's your thing. I'm not saying not to play that. I'm just saying, like, this game exists and a lot of people didn't really say much about it, like, that I could tell. I mean, people were like, yeah, Horizon, great game, cool. Let's move on. Elden Ring, oh my god, you know. And that's all I've seen, like this, that, and the other. So, yeah, just don't don't be one of those people that slept on this, and then you find out, oh shit, that game was amazing. Why didn't I ever play it? Um, if you right. like the first one, you'll like it. It's good. So that's all I got. We're gonna release episode one twenty or two twenty three, two twenty two, two twenty two next, right? Or is this two twenty two? Yeah, two twenty two will be the next episode. 
It'll be our routinely weekly podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Horizon. Uh, Forbidden West, spoiler cast, Jake. Thanks for spending an evening with me to talk about it finally and get it out to our listeners. We promised sure. it. I hope that you guys. Yeah, we're like to it. we're like fucking three months late, but who gives a shit? It fucking happened. You know, we did it. It takes a long time to play those games, so maybe some people aren't done with it. Hey, PSS is awesome. Uh, will always pay their debt. So we we owed it to you, and now it's paid in fucking full. Here it is. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Jake, you got anything else? Um, no, I guess we'll be back on Sunday for the regular episode. Uh, and we'll just go from there. I'm about at the end of my rope with Elden Ring, so I might have something else to talk about this week, but we'll see. I haven't gotten there yet. We don't have a, a proper closing, so I'm just going to say, like, Horizon Forbidden West. P.S. This, this is, is awesome. Awesome. <laughs>